Troops, here we are, we're live. Another epic guest found from the very depths of social media, from Instagram, only the alleyest of the alley. And I believe I found the alleyest man uh, with the greatest cover photo I've ever seen. Um, if I didn't have a missus, I'd have sent him some nudes. Uh, More than welcome Sean. to. <laughs> Sean from the Social Commando. Sean, how are you doing, my mate? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, uh, brilliant. Uh, brilliant to have you on. Um, I sort of scour social media looking for people to bring on the podcast. Uh, not just any sort of Tom, Dick and Harry. Um, I had a good look at your profile and I thought, somewhere along the line, this guy here has had corned beef ash in the field somewhere at <laughs> half four in the morning and uh, I'm, he's on brand. <laughs> Interesting story. Um, you served in the army. Uh, how long did you do and what unit did you serve with? Um, so I was in my seventh going to my eighth year when I got yeah. out. Uh, and most of that time spent with 2-9 Commando, Royal yeah. Artillery. Uh, yeah, Plymouth. Still, still consider myself part of the crew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I was part of the uh, one of the Plymouth batteries. Cool. Which battery? 2-3. Uh, so 2-3 headquarters. So, you know, we know we, we got some of the uh, some of the Custer gigs, but uh, <laughs> more often than not, we just got a load of shit off the other lads. <laughs> Yeah, HQ batteries normally do, don't they? But yeah. hey, you all have to earn the the berry the same way, regardless of what you do after that. Is um, it's it's a it's a gig. Where are you from in the UK? Uh, I'm from up north. I float around currently, uh, just north of Sheffield, in between Sheffield and Leeds. But right, from, uh, Burnley in Lancashire. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, nice well, part. We have a mix of accents going on here. Yeah, fair, fair play and. Um, how how did you find it living down this on the on the coast down in Plymouth? Plymouth's a beautiful place. I've been there myself. Um, how did you oh, find it living? It's uh it's bad for having a car. We so we were in the Citadel, lived right on the seafront, so you're constantly covered in uh, salt spray and things. Yeah, uh, but no, it was spot on. You know, like uh, all my mates went to uni. Yeah, uh, then I made the decision to join the army. Uh, yeah, you know, questionable decision sometimes, but no, it seemed to work out fine. But I said when we were on a tour or away on exercise, it was like being a student with a good paycheck. Yeah, uh, you know, we had a, God knows how many bars on his doorstep in Plymouth and that. The uh, the only problem I had is that no one understood what I was saying or ordering stuff. So uh, I had an accent which I sort of carried on uh, a bit more. To, now that I moved back up north, starting to get a bit more broad. But yeah, it was spot on, you know, and it uh, it opened me up to uh, city life, but not quite, uh, you know, London, Manchester type city. It's its own little world is Plymouth, but yeah. Hey, uh, was uh, was Willie Luscombe still there when you were there? It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, grumpily opening the back gate and uh, <laughs> when you wanted to drive a Land Rover out of it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's almost as important as the hours. Sam, I met Willie Luscombe, like he had, he had ditch for days, that guy, like he, yeah. he was... <laughs> yeah, longer than his mustache. Yeah, he he fought he fought them he fought them on D Day, didn't he? I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell, fair one. Well, you don't look old enough, like, but fair play, yeah. Must have been <laughs> must have been a hell of a shift. Um, on on your army career, how did you find it when you sort of wanted to know you were going to leave? Did you know what you wanted to do? Or were you one of the many blokes that was going to go out and get offshore and be on ninety grand a year doing four on? Yeah, four one seventy five off. Uh, yeah, tax free wind so it farms. Was, it was uh, two thousand and twelve. Two, you know, two thousand and two thousand twelve when I started looking at leaving, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, it obviously everyone had got out and done CP work. Um, you know, everyone was out in Iraq and that, and that's where money yeah. were, and it started to die down. And then you know, the big unicorn shiny thing everyone went for then were maritime security. Yeah, uh, 
and really thought they were the only options. You know, it was maritime security, laying fiber optic cable in like, in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, going into cybersecurity with like the comms background. So yeah. I didn't have a clue. Um, I just started applying for things and uh, thought I was going to get into some programs. Um, uh, one of them uh, with a big company, or okay, I'll say who they are, with Apple. Uh, yeah. I got onto a management program with them. And in the final interview, they said, oh, actually, you don't have a degree. Uh, so you've passed everything, but you need a degree to do this. So I was just like, well, you know what, you can go swivel then because if it's a bit of paper that's going to set me aside, then mm. I'm not interested. Did, did you say, did you say, hang on a minute, have you ever done the 30 mile across Dartmoor? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I, fucking I, I, I probably did, did was well, still like spinning some bits <laughs> back then and uh, hitting him with some uh, storage pull up a sandbag. <laughs> but, uh, no, I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm just going to move on and look at the next thing. Yeah. Fair play. Um, how did you find, um, I get a lot of ex soldiers on here, uh, Marines, etc., and we talk. We always talk about the resettlement process. I always talk about the resettlement process like like it's some transformer. Like you, yeah. you get sold this like, oh wow, when you get out, mate, easy, bosh. Yeah. And then when you finally get out, it's like, oh hang on, I've been, <laughs> I've been sold, I've been sold a Mickey here because um, actually I've just spent the last year, um, and I've not done what I should have been doing. Um, I find the resettlement process. It's a great concept delivered terribly. Yeah, that's personally yeah. how I, I would say it. It's um, um, I thought it was, it was confusing uh, more than all. Um, you you get told you've got this money for these courses and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so like, how do you find a course? Well, you've got to confirm your place on the course without confirming your place. <laughs> course. Then you've got to go sign a bit of paper. Then someone else has got to do that. Then you've got to find how much the course costs. Then you've yeah. got to do this, and you've not even booked on the course yet. Yeah. So to get anything outside of what they're offering, I th- I just I just didn't have a clue what was going on. Uh, I felt that the um, some of the programs, workshops they delivered were a bit basic. They were like, oh, just write a CV. I was like, yeah, I've got a CV. I want to make it better. I want to get it to people. How do I write a better cover letter? Um, but those weren't there. Uh, there were some programs. Uh, God, who was it? FDM group, I think. Right. They did quite a lot. Um, I saw them more as I got out. But yeah, the resettlement process, I didn't have a clue. Uh, and in the end, I settled on um, a house maintenance course where I learned how to plumb, uh, right. tile, and plaster. Because I thought, at least I can do my house up, you know, if you know what else goes wrong. Yeah. Um, sacked off the tiling because I was shit at it. But yeah. uh, actually learned to plaster and was quite good. Found it quite relaxing as well. Um, yeah. um, and decided I was going to be a plasterer for about a month. Yeah. Yeah, never, never did a single paid gig. So yeah, as you can tell, that didn't take off. Yeah, it's you know we laugh, um, but the story you're telling, I've heard it. You know, from guys who I've had on from um, Veteran on UK, a lot of guys who were getting starting their own businesses. It's always the same sort of story. I did a four week electricians course and thought I was going to be top boy electrician, and yeah. realised that uh, <laughs> no one hires electricians with four weeks experience. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like the resettlement process is missing a trick instead of going to like um you're aware of veteran on uk you've seen the stuff have you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah scott johnson and people like that and saying yous are all doing really well in business um and you've got brackets into all these different fields could you come in and sort of like actually deliver um taxation legislation insurance um social media training i mean yep. that 
that now realistically needs to sort of be somewhere near the forefront and we'll, and we'll get on to that. Um, and these, for me, the jobs for the boys, right? The jobs for the boys and, and that whole culture, like that needs to stop. And if yeah. the MOD needs to hand it over to not Capita because they'll do a shit job. Uh, <laughs> they'll do some pure walk TV advert about it and no one will care. But like a proper people in business who were like, yeah, look, I built these companies, that company, and this is what, you know, I feel like within the army and, and, and across the forces, there's a lot of lads and women who are entrepreneurial yeah. and that needs to be coached and nurtured and there needs to be a support network. And I think in it won't be long and maybe there already is, but especially out of the veteran owned community, there'll be someone sitting, you know, sort of dragon's den level soon because there's some super motivated people, you know, knock, knocking the doors down. Um, so you, in your sort of journey, what, what got you into, and we'll go into it now, your, um, your, your social media and your marketing, what got you down that road? Yeah, uh, complete fluke, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I remember, you know, I'm 30, so I remember MySpace and that, and, and was never really massive on any social media platform. Mm. Um, but I grew up with it, in, in, you know, to a, in a sense, um, and I was working for a company uh, where we would deliver education programs in schools to disengaged children, gifted and talented and whole school programs. Right. Cool. And this, so this was 2016 and I, no, 2015. And uh, I was the training manager for the company. Right. The director said he just sacked off the guy they brought in to do social media. He said, you know what you're doing. And, you know, we'll chuck a few extra quid your way. Will you do that? Um, you know, med sense, just posting on Facebook now and then. So I did that, uh, wrote a few blogs. Um, and then one of the director's friends was uh, an editor at the MEN Manchester Evening News. Oh, nice. uh, and she came in and she said, um, oh, let's go through your web copy. And I was like, what the fuck, what, what the fuck web copy? No mm. idea. Um, but she coached me a little bit and she said, you know, what you're doing actually is, is spot on. Um, right. So that's how I sort of started dipping my toe into it, uh, getting a bit more familiar with managing social media accounts for a company. Um, and then shortly after, I launched my own company, uh, my first business, uh, Extreme Bean Coffee Company. Um, and right. I marketed okay. that myself. Uh, you know, I did well I did everything as you do when you start a new company. <laughs> you know, you're the cleaner, yeah. uh, the business development manager, the, the marketing manager. You do the whole lot. Yeah. Um, and that's where I learned to really hone in on an audience um you know yeah. I say to people now if you cast a net when you're fishing far and wide uh with, you know a, a big old net you're going to miss things they're going to slip mm. through big gaps whereas if you go out with a spear and look for the exact fish you want you've got a higher chance of spearing it spear fishermen don't start shouting at me telling me it's harder than that but yeah. you know there's the analogy um yeah yeah so i went after the fitness space i started to learn that humor uh, dark humor, which is what I do, uh, works really well. It connected with my audience and yeah. I didn't have to push a sales message. I just yeah, had to yeah. build a sense of community. Uh, yeah. And in the first three months, I hit uh, the targets for year two uh, that I'd set out in my business plan. Wow. Uh, and, and that was just through people wanting to be associated with a brand. Um, and that's where I started to learn about brand positioning and messaging and, and connecting with your audience. <laughs> I, uh, this is, this is ripped straight from Gary V and I can't take uh, any sort of thingy for it. It's always, for me, it's always jab, jab, hook. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So info, info, and then a crafty, like, oh, I'm doing this event. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I think that's the way you sort of go. And as well, um, 
you've got to give time to people. Do you know what I mean? Like I, everyone who sort of comes out with me, it's it's like this: you either on brand or you're not on brand. And it yeah. ain't my fault if you're a biffer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like go go and work on your own personal fitness, and then come back to me. Um, yeah. And and that's the message that I sort of push in in like if you want to come and be with the Eagles, then come saw with the Eagles. But yeah. if you want to bob on the pond with the ducks, this ain't the place to be doing it. Um, and I've sent many people pictures of harvest bread with my finger like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Saying, go down the supermarket. And some people lose their mind over it. But if I can't win you, I can't lose you. That's yeah. that's the way I look at it. Do you know what I mean? And if it takes you longer to find those people who are on brand, it's like, I suppose it's like the commando process. If everyone could just turn up and say, there's your green green lid then the, qual- the quality in the regiment would be, you know, that that selection process is there for a reason to sort yeah. of hone out the people who can't cut the mustard. And in a way, I've sort of set my own standards like that. But you, you, you're bang on in, in what you're saying. I see loads of people um, trying to be vanilla all the time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot on being vanilla, but no one fucking likes vanilla. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of the things I find like now doing uh, the consulting role for companies. One of the biggest things I'll find is that they don't target a very specific audience. They don't know who their ideal customer avatar is. You know, they don't have a name for them. They don't know the likes, the dislikes because uh, you know, it's kind of true to them because they think, well, if I target um, men aged 20 to 25 with an interest in this, who are single who, and they get very specific, like I'm going to miss the women in that thing. Well, this is what I say to them, the same with the fishing analogy before, is that mm. you can't go for everybody all the time and speak to them on a level that they connect with. Mm. So it's, it's really about you know, choosing, being a bit disciplined and, and focusing on one avenue and being niche. Yeah. Uh, it's the biggest thing. I, you know, I could say that 99% of the work I do starts with that conversation. Yeah, no, that's, um, that, that's a valid point. And how does being... I, I personally struggled working with people, sort of ex-military, ex-army guy, like kind of certain styles, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and maybe I have toned it down a tad. Yeah. But first of all, I was like, door's gone in, right? Who's fucking, who's lofty? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, chill out. Um, but how did you find the transition into, into sort of that civilian sector? Well, I, I quite a big... Uh, leap really because I went from uh, you know military on a, a Friday to starting mm. with this company on the Monday um, and the, the audience that we were talking to were teachers, governors yeah. and uh, children so it was a massive difference you know I couldn't be going in talking about cops and stuff <laughs> yeah. I find myself uh, flung out the door um, so I went you know from one end to the other yeah. completely yeah. overnight and then um, found myself coming back, you know, towards like more central and finding my style. Mm. Um, and, you know, then I went in between. I was a consult in training for a PT company, you know, training PTs. Nice. And I, you know, fell into the habit of being myself of a lot more straight talking. Uh, and I find that a lot of business owners, uh, the, you know, the level that I work with are the same. They, they don't want the bullshit. They aren't afraid to hear you know, the truth. Um, mm. and it does work. Um, you know, one of the messages I say to people and, you know, I talk about is, is quite a Chad line, but saying like uh, battlefield lessons in the boardroom. Yeah. Um, if you're on the net trying to call in, uh, some artillery and you're just chatting absolute shite, <laughs> no mm. one's going to know what you're talking about. 
you've got to go in with the message you want to speak and you've got to say it plainly and then listen. Um, and I find that people respond really well to that because they like to hear the facts. They like to hear what they want to do and why they've got to do it. Um, so there is a middle ground, but I think part of it is being yourself. If you're not a sweary bloke, don't be a sweary bloke. If you're like me, you're going to tell someone that they're a cock womble, then you know, <laughs> just do it and own it. And, uh, you'll find that you work with the people that respect that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's 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 a unique attribute. Um, everyone likes, to, well, everyone claims they like to hear the truth until it's like getting, you know, the old point. Yeah, and then and then you say to people like, I mean, I remember this year uh, I did an event where I didn't lead it, but I got someone else to lead it because I wanted to just be a punter. But I took all of my gang. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like everyone was like sort of used to me, and like. We started on a mood trip in Ben Nevis and like I hired like a proper lovely guy, cracking ML, top guy, all the rest of it. And he was like, Oh yeah, this is a so and so flower. And one bloke was like, I ain't fucking come to look at flowers, mate. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> and I was like, Told you. <laughs> They're not interested, they just want to beast themselves across this yeah. hill. That's it. They're not interested in flowers. They're not interested in what that fucking hill there is called. I'm like, they've just come to have a bit of an accountability session over here. And he's like, I've never known it, John. I've never known people like this. I'm like because I'm not what you're saying, I said to him, I don't cast a broad net. I go after people who are on brand. And yeah. once they get it and they're in, then, you know, and I don't, people will say to me, like, people come out with me. I had it a few weeks ago, someone went, oh, who lives there? And I was like, what do I look like? A state agent. I was like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not supposed to know who lives there. They're like, oh, well, it's a big house. I was like, yeah, so what? Like, nosy fund you, aren't you? Go knock on the door. But she was really like, too... Yeah, she's not. She's not. On, she's not on brand. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But now she knows. Nah, nah. That's that. That ain't for me over there. Yeah. But the the people who were on brand loved it, and afterwards said to me, "Funniest thing I've heard ages that John. The way you just were like, oh, my supposed to know lives there. Don't yeah. go around. Don't go around checking people's post. And yeah. yeah I mean, I've had uh, when I was doing uh, marketing for my own businesses and that. And, you know, I did controversial sells you know it gets yeah it gets, uh, likes it gets engagement it gets out to a wider audience and i've had people come to me and say this is offensive take it down yeah i've just been like no no you're, you're not the person i'm selling to whereas the person i'm selling to thinks it's funny they like it they send it their mates and then they're buying me products as well yeah um, i think people are they talk all the time now about this, this offend culture uh, everyone's <sighs> scared of this and that but you know what if you can whinge about it or you can do something about it and you can stick to your own message, be true to yourself and get people on side who are on side. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. Yeah. It's, it, it you're right. There's a lot of people I see. Um, they, they, they just love to play it safe. Do you know what I mean? They just yeah. love it. Like, Oh, we don't know. We should we do this? Should we do that? Like, and if you don't, if you do that and it fails and you think, Oh, well, it wasn't really me. You'll think to yourself, if I'd have gone one hundred percent in, and it's and it's failed, that's okay because I've done what I set out to do. But yeah. if I thought I'd gone in and gone be like super vanilla, um, no, I don't, um, I don't, I don't subscribe to it. Like I got, um, I got a bit of flack. I, I do something else like a mindset and accountability course, and I did classic card course. Put the door in at like three thirty and got everyone out of bed, and then we, <laughs> and then we went and did hill reps for an hour. Now nice. in the civilian in the civilian world, I'll send you the video later. You'll laugh, you laugh your head off. Red lighted it, door in, right? <laughs> in the civilian world, no one does that. Yeah. No one even dares do it. 
right? Because well, they used to tell us people free. paid for that. <laughs> used to be on the yeah, and the funny thing is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing they actually do, and I, I completely love it. And I always say to people, if I'm asking you to do it, I'm either doing it with you or I've done it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that is how I work, um, and sort of. What I don't like in, in sort of civilian culture is there's loads of people. I, I hear I'm an events manager for a 50 miler. What, a 50 miler? You must be a bit tasty. Oh, I've never done it. Never done it? Like, <laughs> I would just sell something you you, you never you can't do. I can't say, yeah, mate, it's uh, it's barbaric, but hey, I'll be with you. Um, we'll have a laugh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So, I, sorry, go on, mate. No, I'm just going to say about you, you, you sort of, what made you start your own your own brand and your own company? Um, I don't know. The answer, <laughs> but um, there was something inside me. Um, I knew that I wasn't happy working for somebody else and living by you know their rules and everything. You know, you get a, a mm. degree of flexibility, um, but you are bound by their rules. Um, you know, yeah. none of my family were military. My dad's a farmer. Yeah, my granddad were a farmer, self-employed. All my family um, are self-employed. So I grew up with that surrounding me and that's what I knew. Um, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something for myself, but for about two years, I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, thinking about this, trialing that, testing the waters here, uh, mm-hmm. writing a business plan up for something just to see that it was actually a pile of shit. Um, you know, and there are those, you know, and then uh, the coffee uh, took off. That started as a coffee shop and that was going to start. Well, came about from uh, I was getting a tattoo done, uh, I think like seven hours sitting that I did. Um, and I just, I was just start chatting away to the guy doing it, and he was chatting to one of the other girls working. And I thought, wouldn't well, it be nice to just like work in your own little shop where you're with your mates all day and it doesn't feel like working, mm. uh, which then turned into coffee shop. Realized that was a lot of capital. Uh, went with a coffee van, uh, bought mm. a, a VW Riff. camper. Uh, nice. And then from there, it turned into online sales uh, and marketing through there. So just an evolution, really, um, until that got to the point where I was like, right, this is going to take some serious investment to scale it up now. I don't want to mm. be a self-employed person on 40, 50 grand a year. I want to be turning over seven figures. And that's wow. going to happen uh, as quick with this without serious investment. So um, sacked that off and, and moved on to the next thing. Just wow. slow evolution, really. Do you know what? That says a lot about you as a bloke because... A lot of people, they get comfortable. Do you know what I mean? You could have yeah. just been, I've got an alley van, I drive out to all these events, I sell yeah. awesome coffee, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good, like I'll, I'll deal, deal, yeah. I'll deal on that, do you know what I mean? But instead, what did you do? Did you sell the brand or how, how did you move on with that? Yeah, so um, a bit of a complicated one, but yeah, it sort of split more into a, an, an events company and then oh, right. an e-commerce company. Uh, so we split those, so I still own the event side. Um don't really have much to do with the running of it now, um, but it still uh, attends uh, mainly CrossFit events around the UK. Uh, so ah, right, cool. Events, uh, corporate gigs, um, and and just sells coffee on the spot there. Uh, so still kept you know my fingers in that pie. Hey, do you is that is that where you went after you went after the CrossFit community? Is that uh, that's what it? Yeah, it evolved into that, and ah, us, cool. I sort of. So I was I was starting um, at a CrossFit gym, oh, God knows when, and I very quickly learned there was this sort of strong community feel, 
And, yeah, great. Uh, when a brand turned up, they were cool. Everybody bought it. Everybody yeah. um, took pictures of it and they put it on Instagram. And they tagged the brand and they wanted to be associated with the brand. Yeah, yeah. Great, uh, great and move. I saw that there was a, there was a market there. I used to joke that um, there's a company, um, Hustle Hustle Made or something like that. I can't remember it now. <laughs> but but basically, you know, one of these YouTubers, uh, he, he mm. brought out his brand, big brand now. You know, successful. Yeah, yeah. I used to say if I see somebody wearing one of those T-shirts, I can sell them anything. Yeah, well, and know that they tie into the brands. Yeah, no, that, that that's a smart that's a smart way of doing it. Um, Tagging again, knowing your audience and trying to just say, "Now I'm going to get." And and you're right with CrossFitters. Um, they they are like because they want to be a part of a community. If they didn't, they would just go to a normal gym. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But they want to be a part of a community. They want to do things as a community. And like it's like you've said, when you turn up with an awesome brand, they're like, "Oh, Ali, I'll get some." I'll get a photo with a coffee cup with me doing um, deadlifts, and yeah. I'll tag the so and so in like. Whatever like like, people used to do, uh, yeah. you know, and that's then it evolved into clothing. Yeah. Um, one day I decided, oh fuck it, Christmas is coming up. I'm going to do a clothing launch. Did two t-shirt designs, hats, and jumpers, grey sweatshirts with just the logo on. Didn't think many people would buy them. Um, I think I had to have a, a minimum order quantity of 25, and I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to have to give some away for free because <laughs> you know 10 people are going to buy them. And they flew out. You know, we couldn't keep up with the demand because it had evolved into a brand that people wanted to be associated with. And yeah. I'd clocked on to some other brands that had done simple gray sweatshirt designs. Mm. I called it a lifting jumper. Yeah. I wanted to wear it to when they were doing heavy lifts in the gym and it were a bit cold. Um, so yeah, it was a community that responded well to it as did um, uh, jujitsu. I got into a few jujitsu events. Yeah. found that they're very much the same. You know, they have the shared interests, the, associate with brands but i would say that at the time that jiu-jitsu community was like crossfit in 2008 when it was just emerging and there was mm. some brands getting the you know a key sort of holding uh, yeah. Within them. uh so yeah we we would focus on on things like that and, and then find the the humor the wording how people acted with each other in those communities same with strongman we did that too and then we would uh create content that appealed to those people uh, to get them on side, build up the familiarity, and then next thing they're buying. That's the way to do it. That is that is the way to do it. Um, what do you think? There's some really. Uh, do you know Alex Miller from Tactical T? I know Tactical T. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I don't think yeah. I know Alex. All right, Alex is Alex is a is a genius. Um, I've had him on the podcast to talk everything T and beyond. Um, and uh, there's so many great veteran-owned brands. Um, you know, really doing. I mean, I don't see like I think it's just every apparel. Do you know what I mean? I can't wait for like. Um, I think I, I haven't seen this yet, but I'd love to see like Puss's apparel. Like that would yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. There, be uh, I think yeah. There's every every everywhere you can think of going. Uh, you know, one of the companies I work for at the minute, they have a, an apparel brand along with some other stuff they're doing. Cool. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it speaks well to that community. You know, people that are out, they still feel that they've got a sense of belonging to it. You know, they're seeing the old words, you know, pusses, scram, yeah. uh, you know, all sorts <laughs> going on. And, and then that's it. They want it. Um, yeah. It's, so, yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those like niche markets that really works. I've sort of, I've got, um, I mean, we throw our hats, don't we, on, on certain brands through certain loyalties. Um, I know Rob Dennison from 50 Cal Coffee. Yeah, like, I, I think Rob. it's, I've, yeah, uh, Rob's, yeah. Rob's, Rob's a gadget. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
uh, obviously Tactical T, Alex, and uh, my pal, um, Smudge Jones, Red Court Apparel. Have you seen Red Court yeah. Apparel? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, he's, he doesn't live too far from me. Um, he's got an awesome shop. Uh, he's, he's a gadget. But anyone who's sort of better known, I really try to sort of support them and share the stuff. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. even lads who do what I do or in the outdoor world, I'll still share their stuff because I just, I'm not greedy. Do you know what I mean? Like the cake is big and we can yeah. all share. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think what a lot of people need to sort of get on brand with is like, don't be afraid to share your muckers page. Do you know what I mean? You can't, I physically can't take every single human being out on the hills. Yeah. And, um, you can't sell all the tea in the world, all the apparels in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, I think that's how we get a leg over some of the civilian companies because we're prepared to put ego aside and say, actually, I think what they're doing is is, is really good. I see a lot of, um, I see a little bit of infighting. It's it, like not within the veterinary community because I think we're we're sort of bigger than that. Yeah. But certainly from the civil, like the civilian brands, and there's a few of them that sort of like try and sort of fuck with me, and I'm like. And I always just say, I just say, before we go on this road, um, can you confirm that you fought the Taliban more than twice? <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, we've never fought the Taliban. I was like, well, I have fucking twice. So just, <laughs> just make sure this is a plan that you want to go ahead with because um, fucking I am, I am game. <laughs> can you just yeah. say the word? Yeah. And what I've started to do is I've started to book onto rival companies' events under like stupid fucking names. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I want to turn up and just be like, all of my own robust tours gear, and be like, ah, who the fuck's this guy? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'll be like, ah, right, who's a fucking gadget here? Who's yeah. tasty? Do you know what I mean? Like, kick the door in. Um, I'll, do you remember a guy um, called Gazes? He was um, the Kumasai down at 2-9 Commando. It, yeah, um, it rings a bell. He, uh, a hot picture him now, though. He was such... He told stories with his hands and his actions all the time. And I remember sort of being down on on, on a on a on a yomp on a tab, and he, we went past a load of Royal Marines, right? And he went, "Fucking hell, lads! Look at these fucking beefers in the field!" And I was just like, ah, <laughs> "Fucking <now." laughs> Like he just didn't. Do you know what I mean? He just didn't give a fuck. He was like, yeah. "I'm the kiddie. I'll take any man, any time of day." Yeah. And he was shout. He was shouting, "What are you doing, Christmas Day?" <laughs> and I loved it. So I, I think just love these confidence. Like what you're saying that, like yeah. that confidence, that ability that I'm going to go out there, you know, I'll call anyone out and do it. Like, um, I never used to pay too much attention to what my competitors were doing. Yeah. Uh, because I thought that's what they're doing to me. Because yeah. My shit's better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, while they're watching Corey on a night time, I'm going to be up planning my next six month campaign mm. uh, and leading the way with it. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the lads in the X Forces community that our businesses are doing. They're doing their thing. They're focusing on it. They're going to call out the bullshit. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. The companies that aren't doing it, but they're not spending all the time worrying about yeah. what they're doing What's and thinking about it to the to the missus when they come home. They're just cracking on with their own thing and and doing what they want in their own voice, and that's why it's working for them. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a funny thing. So, do you have? Are you one man band, or, or do you have people working for you? Like, how's it grown? How quickly has it grown? Yeah, so it's it's gone up and down, you know, with um, with the different things I've done, um, you know, like with the coffee, we took some people on and then yeah. selling some of that off. Um, then that has people on a part-time basis for the event side. Um, and then like when I started with myself, um, found that 
very good at the creative, very good at coming up with ideas that make a lot of money, but uh, not so good at just remembering to like do my tax or you know mm. make sure that I finish work on time to go to do some. Um, so I got a, a virtual assistant on board who helped nice. me with that, yeah. uh, and then began outsourcing, taking staff on. Um, so I have staff now who I like. A, I call myself a generalist. I know good enough about a lot of shit to take businesses from naught to, you know, a lot. Um, yeah. But for the technical stuff that's going to take some time and needs a specialist, I have people on, on my team that do that, whether it be search engine optimization, <laughs> uh, content writing, graphic design, video awesome. web design. Um, and yeah, we work, work in a team there. So we're just, uh, just taking somebody else on at the minute uh, for a nice. big project and expanding steadily. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's important. I don't know how you do your recruitment um, for people, but there's a there's a climbing centre near me, and it's got um, a twenty foot, uh, sorry, twenty meter free fall jump. Uh, and what I do is, say if I'm going to have a, like a face to face or a business meet with someone, I'll say, "Oh, do you mind meeting at Rough Fifty Nine? I'm just uh, I'm just sort of doing some admin there. Blah blah blah. The coffee's really good, and they'll turn up, and I'll be there with my harness on, and I'll be like, they'll be like, oh. What what's going on? I'm like, oh, what size harness are you? And they're like, uh, why? I went, oh, don't worry about the why. Just uh, just get this harness on. <laughs> and then we go we go up the tower, mate. And they're like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, um, before we go any further, I need to know that you're on brand. I was like, so that involves jumping off this tower. And they're like, oh, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll go first because uh, end of the day, I brought you up here. I see you at the bottom, and I just jump straight off the tower. I've I've done it like fifteen times this year, um, and I've got another guy on Monday coming, and he's like, um, "I've heard about this uh, thing that you do." I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's just rumours, that mate." He's like, "Oh, well, fucking class." <laughs> Wait till he turns up and finds out. Come Monday, what size are you? It's brutal, but what I'm trying to do is, I'm, like, if someone just turns around and says, "I'm not doing that," then great. That's yeah. the that's that's the recruitment process. Like, that's the we can't we can't move forward together. Yeah. I need you to jump off that tower because that's what I'm prepared to do. That's it. I mean, like I, um, you know, go over CVs, but I don't really give too much of a shit about them because I'm not asked about what you've done in the past. You could Mm. have been a pot washer for all your life, but then if you've decided that you want to take a step into digital marketing, you've got a mindset for it. Yeah. Yeah, It's good to see that you've not, you know, done 25 years away for flashing outside of school. That's good (laughs) to see on your CV. Uh, We try and stay away from those. But yeah. have a conversation. If I like you, you know, it tends to be a good sign. Uh, yeah. And then same sort of thing, start as you mean to go on. I say, right, here's a task similar to what you'll be doing. How long do you think it's going to take you to do it? When are you going to get it across to me? And see if they can do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Run still, man. you just got to do what it says on the tin, aren't you? Like, I, I say that all the time to people. I'm like, I'm not special. I'm just a run still, man. And they're like, don't know what you mean. I'm like, well, whatever it says it on the tin... That's exactly what I'm yeah. going to do. That's that's how I've yeah. got to where I've got in life. I just do what I say I'm going to do when I yeah. say I'm going to do it. It's not I mean, it's not rockets. I think it's a it's a rule to live by. I mean, I've I made a monumental fuck up not long since where I double booked myself in for my best mate's wedding uh, in oh, another wow. country and for an event. Uh, so I ended up managing the event media remotely. Um, but it's one of those things: do what you say you'll do. And I was writing content. Uh, for the day, you know, uh, templates up at wow. one o'clock in the morning before the wedding whilst everyone around me was absolutely smashed. 
Uh, you know, and it's not a, oh, look at me. It's that I fucked up, but I had to get it done. And, you know, I, I wouldn't let somebody down. Uh, and it's having that sort of work ethic, which I, I think, you know, does come from the forces background. If you said mm. to somebody, right, be here at 5 a.m. with your rig, with, you know, yeah. Dartmoor, and they were out dancing down jesters at three in the morning, <laughs> you know that they're still, well, most of them are going to be there at five o'clock, ready yeah. to a little bit. Uh, you know, it's that. I don't care how you do it or what you do, as long as you deliver, then that's what we want. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a valid point. Um, what are the common mistakes you see from businesses on social media? Uh, they don't know who they're talking to. Um, they think that people give a shit about what they're saying. Uh, <laughs> so they'll be like, this cup's fantastic. It can do this. Yeah. Nobody cares. They, want, they don't care about you. Well, you know, they care about a bit yeah. of yeah. But they don't care. They want to know how it's going to benefit them. And mm. every, every single one I've started off with, they don't know who they're talking to and they don't yeah. know what problem they're going to solve for them. Mm. Um, that's probably up there alongside with people, and I hate it, putting offers out all the time and reducing the costs over and over and over mm. again until they can't make a profit. Yeah. They, they think they need to compete on price and mm-hmm. you're, only, you're going to end up without your house. So, there's, yeah. there's um, I'll just I'll just fucking throw them under the bus. Um, there's a there's a there's a escape the lakes right is a, I know you've seen it. Yeah, is like my long like like my long term passion, and it's like an event I've had in the locker for a long long time. And then I found a business partner that I can trust, and I was like, do you want to go in with me on this? But it's a monster, and it'll consume your life, and it might not work. And we have to charge quite a lot of money and people might not pay it. We might not have the reputation to run it. There's a million reasons what this, that, and another. Um, but it's an absolute Ferrari of an event if we can get it to go. <clears throat> and we have. And, um, yeah, these people were like, yeah, um, any, any discount? I was like, go walk into Ferrari, right? Go walk into Ferrari yeah. and ask them with no rapport or long-term jeopardy in buying Ferraris and yeah. say, any discount, and they'll just say, "See that door you just come through, jog, jog, jog yourself back on there," um, yeah. because a lot of people seem to think because they're buying from you that they have the power, and it's it's you know what I mean. If you believe in your brand and you believe in your product, then the answer is no. And there's yeah. too many people now. Um, I'm an influencer. Oh, okay. Let's proof proof be in the pudding then. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's let's see it. You go and get me twenty people. Come back to me, and then we'll talk about discounts. But yeah. Don't tell me again. Don't tell me you're an influencer because y- you know you're not. Um, yeah. And I've I've tested people on this whole thing, and um, I don't know at what level an influencer is really an influencer. Like I haven't definitely haven't seen anyone who's made that much of a difference, do you know what I mean, when, they, when they've been on yeah. board? Well, I think, you know, the, the people out there who influence the market and, and buying decisions um, at all sizes, but if somebody calls themselves an influencer, they're automatically a cock and they need to go <laughs> take their head for a fucking wash. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it, yeah, get in the bin. Um, but, you know, they come from all levels and, and part of what I did, which grew uh, the coffee company so much was I engaged in a micro-influencer campaign. Yeah. So rather than cool. go for Billy with 100,000 followers, half of yeah. which are across the world and, and aren't interested in my product, 
Yeah. I went for your person who's regularly online, engaging yeah. with people that has 700 followers and yeah. he's going to be recommending my product to his, uh, his family, friends and people in his gym Great uh, because they've got that influence there. Um, you know, one of the companies I'm working with was looking at an influencer campaign um, and first thought was, let's not call it that. Let's call it something else because <laughs> yeah. I hate the word. Yeah. Uh, but again, proof in the pudding, you know, put out yeah. the terms to people and it was commission basis of sales mm-hmm. uh, because if you, if you can do it, do it. You know, if you tell me that you want to earn £100,000 from this, right, well, I'll work out your commission structure and you go out and sell it because that's what you're going to do. If you get one sale in, then it's no loss to me. You know, it's that's how it works. I think that's as soon as if somebody can't do that, if they can't put the money where their mouth is and go out and sell it, then they're no use to anyone. No, that's a that's a valid point. Um, yeah, I've, I've used micro influencers, and I, I'm very good at sort of um, getting people on board. And sort of, um, we did it when we replaced um, the blank. Some fucking belter threw the old summit stone off Blencafra last year and we sort of created a campaign to replace it and we replaced it with a brand new spanker up there. Um, and I just said to the Instagram hiking community, who's coming to this party? Who'd like to get involved? Who wants yeah. to be on board? Who wants to be a part of it? It's not the John Beamson show. It's the yeah. fucking community show. And I've made some great, great friends. And, you know, people got involved with the story. People were sharing it. People were tagging people in. Um, people came along and volunteered on the day to help carry kit to the top of the summit. People yeah. stayed overnight. Do you know, like there's, there's a ways and means, but don't be an influencer. Just be a good human being. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. And be genuine, you know, yeah. you know, I've, I've got a glass of water. I've been drinking water the whole time. If all of a sudden I pick up my can of Coke and go, you know what? This drink is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's got all these benefits yeah. Uh, you know, I've lost weight since I started drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can actually get 10% off by using my code. <laughs> my uh, code, yeah. Uh, it just suddenly becomes yeah. like, just, just go away. But, um, mm. and this is, I used to do some mentoring and coaching with the micro-influencers. I had them as ambassadors. And I would teach them how to talk about products without selling it. Yeah. Um, you know, bring it in, have it in the background, you know, have a picture of it when you're doing your brew in the morning and just make people um aware of it subconsciously so they see it and then they come to you and they ask the question what is that coffee you're drinking yeah and yeah. that's where it's there and it's the interest and it's it's a long time and you know there's no you can't necessarily measure roi on stuff like that but that's what works that's what grows and you know gen, if you're genuine you're always going to have a much higher success rate fair play uh sean we're smashing through this mate so we're going to sort of go on to the five watts uh, okay. I love this part of the show. So the first one, what's the greatest um, piece of advice you've been given? Um, I think, well, we have covered it a bit, but um, it was from my dad and uh, he said, uh, do what you say you'll do. And own yeah. It. Um, yeah. yeah, early on, he taught me that and stuck by it and it's done me well. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's some brand, that definitely. Um, what's on your bucket list, either personally or business-wise? Um, I don't know if I ever... Uh, business bucket list I can't think of it but um, as I mentioned it again earlier as well here I am repeating myself constantly I want to go spear fishing one day I want to do uh, some free diving and uh, I want to go pick a lobster up or something off the bottom of the sea and bring it over and cook it so uh, I saw uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan and there were a woman on there (laughs) talking about it and I thought yeah fancy a bit of that (laughs) yeah I want to go I want to 
and go, I would call it bow hunting with Cam Haynes and fucking yeah. Joe Rogan and again, <laughs> hunt, hunt, yeah. hunt stags hey. and eat them and carry them out. <laughs> Set your standards high. <laughs> yeah. Standing with the, with the lads down the fucking field. Um, third one, uh, it's always a good one. Always sort of get a good, um, good reaction. Uh, what's been your toughest day? Um, mentally wise uh, and, and overcoming it was probably I was um, I was on test week of the all arms uh, commando yeah. course and mm. after being up on um, my final exit uh, Sennybridge um, I'd burnt my leg um, like, right. you know in and out of the building some idiot were boiling yeah, yeah. his water on the side and it spilt took, took skin straight off my leg so I was wrapped up in a plastic bag for the exercise uh, and I came in back into camp and um, one of the instructors he was an engineer who was my section commander said, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take you off the course because uh, you're injured. I don't think you'll be able to to complete it." Um, and I said, "Well, how about you let me try instead and uh, yeah. and see how that is?" And they all sat there laughing. You know, all the instructors in the office. And I just thought, "Fuck it, it's a mind game." So I just said to them, "Well, let, let me have a try." And they were telling me I'm going to fail, and I had to go back and sit in my room and push that aside and think, "Right, yeah. I still need to prep my kit for tomorrow. I still need to get ready to go." Because uh, I was doing the endurance course the next day with a big hole in my leg, and uh, you know, hell. you know, a few days later, I got that green lid. Fair play, fair play. If anyone's uh, if anyone's ever done a thirty miler before in the time that these lads do it in, it's fucking extremely accountable, extremely <laughs> accountable. Um, yeah, and that's not and that's not even carrying the weight that them lads carry. Uh, uh, if anyone wants a, wants a crack, I'm fucking see you Christmas day. Uh, right, number <laughs> four, <laughs> number four. Uh, what's been your happiest day? Um, I suppose I'll keep uh, family stuff out of it because I'll always yeah. undoubtedly upset someone in that by not including them. Um, <laughs> yeah. I reckon at the day I got over myself and realised that what I'm doing uh, is actually valuable to people and I can do this, what I love, for the rest yeah, of my life yeah, yeah. and make money off it. Um, you know, the, Instead of saying to somebody, oh yeah, I'll give you a free phone call and help you with your business. I turn around and say, yeah, I'll give you an hour's phone call for 300 quid. And, wow. um, and you know, they turn around and go, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, they get value from it. I get value from it and realize that I can make a future uh, using the head. Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. Like, um, I don't ever do free. No. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I never do free because free, I say to people, what value does free have? It doesn't, it doesn't, make you accountable it doesn't make me accountable and at any point in any time I can just say wow well, it's fucking free anyway on it yeah. do you know what I mean there's not there's nothing on it previous is the worst it. you know if somebody gives you um, gives you a, a phone for free you treat it like shit you know you don't yeah. value it um, I do free 15 minute turbo calls for uh, ex-military who are right. looking to transition or business owners uh, yeah. but that's where you know that's where I draw the line um, because if I give it you for free, you won't implement it. If I make you feel like you've paid out your pocket and you want to make your money back, then you're going to implement it and do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, fifth and final one. Um, did you answer that? Oh, yeah, you did. I'm <laughs> blinded by my own, uh, own logic. Uh, fifth and final one. Uh, what's next for the business? Um, going to keep growing, keep expanding. We're just uh, moving outside the UK, uh, clients in the US and uh, out in the Middle East. Um, so we're going to keep expanding that side of it uh, for the, the corporate, but on a, a smaller scale, looking to implement a small group training uh, for smaller business owners, people just starting out fresh with uh, you know a lower entry pricing. 
to get them up to the level that they want to be. Class. Absolutely class. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to Sean. I always love talking to um, ex-blokes uh, because we're normally on the same wavelength and I can always tell an eagle when I spot one um, and Sean is definitely on, on that level. Uh, where can people find you if they want to track you down for anything at all? Uh, check me out on Instagram at Social yeah. Commando. Uh, yeah. I tend to post quite a few memes on my story, but an occasional <laughs> yeah. bit of business advice. Uh, you can get me on there, drop me a DM. Or uh, if you're looking for something a bit larger, you can get us uh, info at blackdaggermedia.co.uk and we can help you out there. Brilliant. Sean, mate, thanks very much for coming on. Um, Sean, up some absolute tooth bombs. If you need to listen back, listen back. Um, business isn't easy. And if you want to conquer them both, you've got to dig in. Um, got to start digging trenches, and that's the way it is. Uh, coming on next week, we've got Graham, who is uh, a guru in the high street. I'm looking forward to speaking to him because he's dropping truth bombs about how the high street needs to change and needs to grow into the current market. Sean, thanks very much for your time, Mucker. I'll catch you soon. All right, cheers, Bob. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>